What's going on? Yerks here. Welcome to Yerks Talks. Wednesday, March 10th. Flying through March, baby. We're uh, close to March Madness as well, which I keep bringing up, but I'm just excited about that. Oh, man. Really pumped for that. But how is everybody doing? Hope you're having a solid week so far. On today's episode, more Padres talk. Going to talk about their spring training game yesterday and look ahead to today's game, which I think might be going on right now as I'm recording this. And then uh, we are going to f- keep moving on, keep continuing with the NFL break. I keep changing the name of this, but like the NFL season review slash breakdown leading into the free agency window that starts March 17th. And so we finished the AFC yesterday. We're moving to the NFC. We're going to start with the NFC North on today's episode. And that is what we got planned for today. That is what we are going to do. All right, before we get into it, just want to, you know, plug my stuff a little bit. If you are enjoying the podcast, maybe this is your first episode you've listened to. Maybe it's your, I don't know, like second. (laughs) I thought maybe like saying a big number, but maybe not. But uh, yeah, if you are enjoying it, feel free to follow Yerks Talks on Instagram at Yerks Talks for that. You can also follow on Spotify. You can su- you can subscribe to Apple Podcasts, and you can follow the Facebook page on Facebook. Obviously, uh, Yerks Talks for that. If you like me at all, and you want to hear more from me, not just on the podcast, you can follow me on Twitter at John Yerks for that. All right, let's go. So, Padres, they played yesterday. They uh, played the White Sox in another spring training game, and they beat them 4-2. to two. We scored three runs in the sixth. Uh, Yaya by Will Myers. He's looking good so far. Uh, Luis Camposano had an RBI double, and then Marcano drove him in with a single to center. And then Nick Tanilu, he just keeps performing, keeps uh, getting RBIs. He had a sack fly in the eighth. Blake Snell, he made his second start of the spring. He went two innings in this one. Uh, one hit, no runs, no walk, and a strikeout, so it's good to see. Uh, Ryan Weathers, he got another uh, chance. I almost said start, but uh, he started one game, but he, he this is his, I believe, his second outing. Uh, he went two innings, two hits, two runs. Uh, one of, Only one of them was earned. There was an error by Myers, uh, which, you know, it happens sometimes. Hopefully, you know, doesn't happen in, like, like in really, like, uh, important situations, right? They're going to happen occasionally. Just hopefully we mitigate them, uh, and as, you know, during the season and whatnot. But, yeah, Weathers was okay. Uh, gave up that one earned, uh, one walk, and one strikeout. Drew Pomeranz came in after him, and uh, he looked good. No hits, no runs, no walks, and two strikeouts. And then Emilio Pagan, he bounced back from his last outing where he gave up, I, I think it was four hits, three runs on four hits, and one of them was a homer. He bounced back yesterday, no hits, no runs, did have a walk, but he had two strikeouts to go along with it, so that was nice. And then uh, Miller, Williams, and Diaz, they each had an inning each, and they combined for two hits, no runs, no walks, and two strikeouts. It's nice to get a win. Uh, White Sox are a solid team. You know, I'm sure that they're also experimenting with their – well, I say experimenting. They're also, you know, moving pieces around for their lineup. Got some young players in there. Obviously, we're not playing like the full, like, you know, the, the full starting lineup. But, I mean, they they got a lot of really solid team, like, you know, good pitching, things like that. They're definitely a threat in the American League. Uh, so, yeah, it's nice to get a dub over them. Even, even though it is spring training, you still want to k- keep building that momentum as they're going on. You know, we're only, like I said, a little over three weeks away. So, it's good to see. Uh, today, we are playing the Rockies. Like I said, the game is probably underway right now. It uh, could be like a couple minutes away, depending on when this uploads. I'm not sure, but I think it might be going underway right now. Mackenzie Gore, he is going to be making his second start of the, I keep wanting to say like preseason, second start of the spring. And uh, here is the lineup for today. Real quick, let me touch on Gore, though, before we get to that. Uh, so his first start, uh, it was up and down. He had a rough first inning that had eventually had to get rolled over, but then he bounced back in the second, had a 1-2-3 inning there. And so hopefully today we can get a consistent two innings from him. Hopefully we don't need an inning to get rolled over. Like I said, he's a very promising prospect. 
Um, I don't know if he still is considered, but at one time he was considered the best pitching prospect in baseball. And so, you know, got high hopes for him and ho- and he's ready for the show. He uh, talked, he's, he's talked about it a lot where, you know, he wants to keep improving and his, he feels like mentally he is ready to, uh, you know, be in the major leagues and his aspiration is to make the starting ro- the opening day roster. And so, you know, if he strings another a few performances together, maybe, who knows? Maybe it can happen. And then also with the uncertainty of Denelson Lamette, you know, like we'll see. Because again, I I don't know what's going on there. Like I have no idea. He, we haven't seen him yet. The reports are that he's you know still you know pitching during batting practice and he's still you know doing some rehab stuff. And so yeah, I'm a little bit worried. And so we would need we need guys like like Mackenzie Gore. I talked about it yesterday with like uh, Morahone, how he has to step up too. Maybe even Ryan Weathers. We could have like a committee. You know, we're gonna need some arms. You know, to, to give us a couple of quality starts. Maybe go like three, four innings and then get to our bullpen. You know, which I was initially worried about, but it seems like we got a, a lot of talented arms vying for those bullpen spots. So I think that we're gonna be in okay position. Obviously, if we didn't have Lamet um, for the opening of the season. Um, or just for the season, like in its entirety, that would suck. But I think that we have enough talent on this roster to get it done. And Gore is one of those pieces, so hopefully he can have a solid start today. So, as for the lineup, who's going to be defending behind him? So, batting first, we got Jake Cronenworth. He'll be playing second today. Austin Nola, he's not catching today. He'll be batting second, and he'll be playing first base. Ha Young Kim, he's your shortstop. Batting third, Tommy Pham in that cleanup spot. He's out and left. Victor Caratini will be catching for Gore today. He's batting fifth. And then we got Capasano playing the DH role at sixth. O'Grady in right field batting seventh. Rosario playing the hot corner at third base. He'll be batting eighth. And then we got the speedster, Mateo, out in center. He'll be batting ninth. Quick uh, quick little uh, news on Fernando Tatis Jr. So he hasn't been in the lineup the past couple of games. Uh, the report is that he's been battling like an illness or something like that. Nothing, nothing serious, but yeah, they're just, you know, not taking any risks again. Like we just signed him to a ridiculous contract. We're not going to try to force any things, uh, but he should be back for the game tomorrow. So let's go Gore. Let's, uh, get solid two innings here and, uh, hopefully we get another win. You know, keep, keep building that momentum. All right, let's shift to the NFL. So before we break down the NFC North, there's a couple of uh, announcements I wanted to go over. So first thing, the official cap space was announced for this season. Uh, so last year, the cap space was $198 million, and that's per team, by the way. Uh, and then now, this year, due to the COVID shenanigans, you're looking at about $182.5 million. So it went down... Um, there's like roughly 8%. I didn't calculate that. That's what the report said, right? So roughly about, you know, 16, 15, 16 million around there. And so, yeah, um, this, this week, if you've been, you know, if you've subscribed to like ESPN and you're like, you're on Twitter and you follow like sports people, you're probably seeing a lot of reports. Like there's a lot of moves going on. It's going to, it's chaos and it's only going to continue. We're halfway through the week. And then we have the 17th, which is next Wednesday, where like free agency starts. And if like, you know, there's if any like moves that are prior to that day, so like the, the 16th, the Tuesday before, that there could be a lot of stuff going down. And so I'm gonna miss some stuff, obviously. Uh there's gonna be there's some franchise tag news that I want to go over today, or like some players that were released that I'm gonna go over in a second here. Um, but if they're in the NFC. I will talk to them when I talk about that division, if that makes sense. Uh, because since I'm going through the breakdown, like I can go through each team and then talk about the players that they've released or franchise tagged or moved on. So the players I'm going to talk about right now are in the AFC. So the Tennessee Titans, they've been making some moves or not making them. So their tight end, Jonu Smith, uh, who's a freak athlete, a pretty solid tight end. He didn't get the franchise tag, so he'll be heading to free agency. They're also releasing two players in their secondary. The first, their safety, Kenny Vaccaro, which saves him about $7 million. And then the second, which is a little bit of a surprise, uh, depend, um, considering how much they, they paid him, but 
Uh, cornerback Malcolm Butler, he is gone as well. Three years into his five-year, $61 million deal, he is out of Tennessee. Their secondary, like I said, they, they were good last year. Uh, well, on paper, they didn't look great, but the, 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 the players that they have in the secondary are, are talented. The issue is that they didn't have a pass rush. And so the Titans, they need to find a way to get money. And so this is the way they're going to do it by not not franchise tagging Johnny Smith, not paying about $12 million for him, saving money with Kenny Vaccaro, releasing a veteran player, um, saving $7 million there, and then now getting rid of Malcolm Butler three years into his five-year deal for $10 million. Once again, the Patriots just notoriously do this, where they get the most out of a player, and then once he's at like his peak value, they, they move him on. And that's exactly what they did with Malcolm Butler. Um, speaking of New England, they didn't tag their guard, Joe Thune, who's a very solid player for them. And then, like I said, knowing the Patriots, like a team will probably get Thune, and then he won't be very good. And so that's kind of how it works with New England. The Buffalo Bills, they released wide receiver John Brown after two seasons. Uh, it saves them $8 million uh, against the cap this year. Uh, he was injury-riddled last season, and they got a couple of young wide receivers that they're going to give a chance. Uh, one that sh that uh, had a couple of flashes last season was their rookie, Gabriel Davis, and then the other one, Isaiah Hodgins, was their like fourth, fifth-string wide receiver. And when John Brown was on the field, he didn't really see – much playtime. So, you know, they got to save money too. They don't have a lot of cap space. And so this is one of the ways to do it. John Brown's going to get interest in the free agent market. It's a very solid deep threat. He reminds me a lot of Deshaun Jackson, uh, the former like Eagle. And then he bounced around the NFC East playing for the, uh, the Washington and then played for, uh, wait, did he play for the, no, sorry. He, he went to Washington and then he went back to Philly. So he went Eagles, Washington, Eagles. But um, he reminds me of that because he has he's not as fast, but he's just a solid, like, deep route, um, deep route runner. And so, you know, he'd be a, a solid piece that any team could have. Maybe, maybe he could go back to Arizona, and that's a place that comes to mind immediately. That would make a ton of sense. Uh, maybe if Kansas City doesn't re-sign one of their guys, you bring in a John Brown, although they have their own cap hell situation going on too but he will find interest speaking of wide receivers the colts ty hilton i'm not sure if i mentioned this yet but he didn't get franchise tag now you could still work out a deal before the 17th right that's when if you don't have anything done right if you don't make a contract if you don't sign them to a contract or franchise tag the player then on the 17th like it's kind of like the clock hits zero and then boom they're a free agent so uh, some of these guys that didn't get the franchise tag, like so theoretically, Jonu Smith for the Titans could work out a deal with them. But more, um, what's more likely is that he's gonna get he got gonna become a free agent. Like normally, when like a player like that, like they don't decide to franchise tag him, it normally means that they're moving on from that guy. So T.Y. Hilton, I think he's an exception because he's just been a long veteran there. I thought last year, last year he struggled a lot. Um, initially, and then he got his shit together in the back half of the season. Um, so who knows, man? Like I, um, they also have young, promising players on the outside too in Indy. But you got Carson Wentz coming in. It might be nice to have a veteran wide receiver there to pair with him. So they might get a, a deal done before the seventeenth. So that's something to watch. Uh, that's all I got for the news. I'm sure that I'm going to miss some stuff. And there's probably, as I'm recording this, there's probably more news stories coming in um but i promise you that next week the 17th we're gonna have our free agency free agency extravaganza special episode and so i'll cover the people that i've missed go over like the big name free agents teams i think the teams i think that they could go to and stuff like that all right let's get into it here um the nfc north like i said so we're i keep like <laughs> changing the name of this but essentially it's like a season recap season review for all the teams in the nfl going through and you know talking about like what their cap size is free agents that are on the team that maybe they want to um resign or you know let them walk and then also people that are on the roster currently that they might want to consider trading or releasing and so we finished the afc yesterday if you want to see any of those go back and check those 
episodes. I think they came out pretty well. And today we are starting with the NFC and we're going to begin with the North. So let's start with the best team in this division. And it's not even close. The Green Bay Packers. They finished 13-3 and in the regular season. They lost to the Bucks in the NFC Championship game, um, which was a game that they should have won, in all honesty. And I think that the like Green Bay is a very interesting team because they like they're just consistently great, right? I mean, you have Aaron Rodgers, who's fantastic. He won MVP last year. They got Devontae Adams, who's a top five wide receiver in the league. They have a bunch of other pieces, right? Good offensive line. The defensive side of things, you got uh, Zadarius Smith, who's a monster, along with Preston Smith, who's good too. You have Jair Alexander, who is going to get cash money in a couple, in I think two seasons when he becomes a free agent. And, you know, they're good. And and so I thought that Rodgers maybe have his farewell tour, but he's going to stay. I mean, why would you leave a 13-3 and team and your division's probably going to be a cakewalk again. And they're going to most likely make the playoffs. My issue with Green Bay, and it's it's been the issue for a couple of years now, is that they just are... I, I don't know. like they, they, they just think that they're better than everybody else. Like I, It's just this vibe about them where they just feel like they don't have to do like the like things that other teams are doing, right? Like last year... Um, when they play or two year two seasons ago, right when they played the Niners and they got just ran all over and like you know they lost that game and people were saying like okay um, you know another, another NFC Championship game people were saying like okay like here's what you have to do in the offseason Green Bay you need another weapon on the outside because Devontae Adams can't do it by himself all right and so you you should probably address that in the draft and then I mean in last year's draft the wide receiver class is was it might be the best class of the, the entire decade, like from 2020 to 2030. Like, it might be. Like, the the plethora of talent at that position in last year's draft was insane. And not only do the Packers not draft one, but they go and get a quarterback who is not going to see the field for, like, maybe two, maybe three more seasons. On top of that, you also needed to get better at stopping the run. And so, you know, it was another it was another good opportunity to draft a defensive lineman, which would have been solid. But instead, you go running back with A.J. Dillon, who I like, by the way, but you didn't need one because you have Aaron Jones. And that's another thing. The report, right, is that Aaron Jones didn't get the franchise tag. And so, theoretically, they're going to let him walk, which makes no sense. I They just... I don't know what, like, it's it's arrogance or something, man. This is what you want in the NFL. Aaron Jones was a fifth-round draft pick. You've paid him practically nothing. You know, in the fifth round, you don't know how, these, how, how those guys are going to be. A lot of the times, they don't pan out. You're not really sure. But this here comes Aaron Jones, who, in my opinion, is a top, like, you can make an argument he's a top five running back in the NFL right now. And he's great. He balls out. He's a good receiving back, runs hard. He's got breakaway speed he's fantastic and they don't want to sign him to a long-term deal i don't get it like it makes no sense to me uh now aaron jones he probably wants about 12 million a year like he wants that elite running back pay just to put things in perspective christian mccaffrey who's as of right now i think the best running back in the league he's at 16 million annually alvin Kamara, another great running back he just got a 15 million dollar deal annually Zeke is getting paid $15 million a year, which, I mean, that's a di- different issue. That's like Jerry Jones being a moron. Um, Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry, they both make $12.5 million a year. So that's what Aaron Jones wants, around that $12 million a year mark. That's what Jones wants. And Green Bay just is just refuses to just, like, spend capital, like to go out there and get money. Uh, their, their center, Corey Lindsey, they're not franchise tagging him either. That's another guy drafted in the fifth round, and it's an absolute steal. You're paying nothing for those first, like, four seats. Like, you're paying them pennies. And then they get good. They're great players. I mean, like, Jones and Lindsey are both pro bowlers, and you don't want to sign them. It doesn't make any sense. Like, you look at all these teams that 
are not afraid to be spenders, are not afraid, like, you know, go hard or go home, I guess, is like kind of their mantra, right? The Rams, for example. Rams are a playoff team. They won a playoff game last year. And they looked at Jared Goff and they're like, he's not good enough. We have to get better. And so we go, we went out and we got Matt Stafford. The reason why the Niners have had all this talk about the quarterback situation with Jimmy Garoppolo is because of all the other teams in that division making moves. Like, you got to keep up in the NFC West. Like, uh, you know, the Cardinals just got DeAndre Hopkins. Seahawks, they went and got Jamal Adams. Like, the Niners, right? There, there was talks, like, do they go get Deshaun Watson? All these things, right? You have to keep up. There's pressure there. Maybe part of this with Green Bay is that the NFC North is a joke to them. They they basically go 6-0 and or 5-1 and every year. And so there's not, like, that pressure where, like, they don't need those wins in division. But I think it's just like the overall vibe of the Packers organization. Like they just, they're not big spenders. Like JJ Watt would have been a perfect signing for Green Bay. Would have been fantastic for them. But they don't even, they don't even like address it. They don't even like really try to go get it. And so, yeah, I just think that like they're going to let Aaron Jones walk here. They're going to let their center, Lindsey, walk here. And it just, it just doesn't make any sense. Now they don't really have the budget to you know, retain these things. But, I mean, you, you, they would find ways to make it happen, right? I mean, you could restructure Aaron Rodgers' deal right now to get in the black, right? Because right currently, they're $8 million over the cap, which is not good. And so that's why it seems like, okay, well, Aaron Jones wants $12 million or more annually. So it doesn't seem very likely they're going to resign him. But it's just, ju- it's just a mistake, man. Like, considering, like, I mean, both these guys, right? fifth round draft picks and then they and then they they're great they're pro bowlers and you don't want to sign them makes no sense man it just continually just is the same thing over and over with the Packers and so they they just kind of like get I mean they have Super Bowl aspirations but they're not willing to be like Tampa Bay or these other teams and go and spend money go and buy these guys they just don't want to do it and so yeah they're eight million over the cap right now, and so a couple ways they could get some money right. You could restructure some contracts to increase their budget, right? Uh, so Aaron Rodgers right now he's a thirty-seven and a half million dollar cap hit. You could restructure his deal. So Darius Smith is he's about twenty-one and a half. Jamal Adams seventeen. Preston Smith is sixteen, and so yeah, you could restructure those deals to try to get some more money. Uh, Darius Smith had a tweet that I think that came out yesterday or this morning that says he wants to be a Packer for life. So he's willing to do some negotiation, move some money around. They could also save $11 million by, re- by releasing or trading their safety, Adrian Amos, who I think is a solid player. He was on the Bears. But, I mean, I think that there's going to be a lot of free agent safeties this offseason that they could bring in that would cost a lot less. So, the moral of the story with Green Bay is, like, they're going to be fine, right? This is a great team. You got Aaron Rodgers, who's going to be a Hall of Famer. You got a great wide receiver in Devontae Adams. But they, they just, like, I, I, I want them, I, I want, like, a big news story for Green Bay. We just don't get it, right? There's not, like, a breaking news. Like, Green Bay goes out and signs Kenny Galladay or, something like, a big-name wide receiver or a big-name free agent. Like, that's, that's not what Green Bay does. And so, like, it was a miracle they got the Zadarius Smith, right? They go and they go and get him, and that's been a godsend for them. He's been fantastic, right? So it's just like this con. Like again, it's like they're like the rich kid on the block that's just spoiled, never had to work for anything, and they think like, oh, well, we don't have to do this. Like we're Green Bay, like we're we're like we're fantastic. We don't have to go out and buy like spend all this like money on free agents. Like we're we're good. We have great drafting. Like we have you know, a solid coaching staff, all these things. And it's like, man, like you're getting left behind, man. Like you're, you're, you're getting like left in the, like all, like you have like winning teams now going out and buying like expensive players. Like it's just absurd. Like they're getting better. Look at the Padres this year. Padres had a solid, like, you know, you get Clevenger, you like last season, like they're okay. And they're like, no, we're going to keep going out and we're going to keep spending let's go get darvish let's go get blake snell let's go get hasjong kim like let's keep like let's let's keep building on this you know and so the packers they just i don't know if it's complacency or hubris or what but i mean they have needs that they like just didn't address that they didn't address last year and i don't know if they're gonna do it this year 
They need another wide receiver still, right? Will Fuller, he's going to be a free agent. Go get him. Or like, you know, John Brown, who I just mentioned, go get another guy, right? Uh, they let a linebacker walk last year, Blake Martinez. And all he did was, was come fourth in tackles last year. So they need another linebacker. Their D-line still struggles against the run. They got to get better there too. I mean, like, it's just, will will they do something? I mean, that's like the biggest, like, do anything exciting, Green Bay. Like, come on now. Even in that game against Tampa, right? Like, where they where they got conservative at the end and kicked a field goal. It's like, what the hell are you doing, Green Bay? Like, that's not what you do. Like, Matt LaFleur, young, exciting head coach, you play it safe? Like, come on now. Like, so, yeah, Green Bay, like, they just, oh, they're going to be fine. The NFC North is a joke. So they'll be in the playoffs again, but they just, they don't go for it, man. And I, I really can't put my finger on why. I just, that, like, it's just the rich kid that doesn't know how to, like, they just can't, like, read the room. Just, like, thinks that they're above it all, you know? And so that's that's how I feel about the Packers. But they'll be all good because they have Aaron Rodgers, and they'll they'll figure it out. And they'll be in, like, maybe in the NFC Championship game again. Who knows? But, yeah, I just want something exciting to come out of Green Bay. And, like, will we see it? I got no idea. All right. Minnesota Vikings are the next team up here. They went 7-9 and nine last year after completely gutting their defense. Like, so many key players were either released or traded. I mean, it was absurd. Uh, they had, So, I mean, you know, when you get rid of the old guys in with the new, a bunch of young guys in there, and they definitely struggled. The offense was not the issue last season for Minnesota. They were good, but they got into a ton of shoot, shootouts that sometimes didn't go their way. Kirk Cousins also had a couple of rough games last season. Overall, he was good. But, yeah, there was a couple games that he definitely wanted to forget. Uh, the Vikings are also over the cap, like Green Bay. Uh, they're, they're, they got a little bit of a better situation, though. They're only $5 million over the cap. Uh, so they're going to have to find a way to get some money in there. Uh, for starters, they released their uh, longtime tight end, Kyle Rudolph, which saved them about $5 million. Some other moves that they should consider. Um, their linebacker, Anthony Barr, if they release him, he's a $15 million cap hit right now and only a $2 million dead cap hit. So you would net $13 million. There's a little quick math for you there. If it's me with Minnesota, and I think that they started to do it last season, right, but getting rid of all these veteran players and a lot of people were scratching their heads, I just think that they have to fully commit to doing that, right? Because Anthony Barr's good, you know, but I, I think you just have to be realistic with your expectations of this upcoming season. Are you going to compete for a Super Bowl? I don't think so. Like, is making the playoffs enough? Then, like, 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 let me back up a little bit here. What's your timeline if you're Minnesota, right? I mean, because ideally, every team, hopefully, every team wants to win a Super Bowl, right? That's where they want to go to the promised land, right? Getting that Lombardi, you know. And so, if I'm Minnesota, I need to look and see, okay, when can we realistically compete for Super Bowl? Is it this year? I don't think so. Is it next year? I don't think so either. And so if that's if if you can't compete for one in like two three seasons, then you should probably just scrap it all down and try to rebuild. And so if it is me, if I if I had a say in Minnesota, if I was the dictator in Minnesota for this Vikings team, right, or the GM or the owner, I would be fully committed to like retooling the entire defense. So Anthony Barr for me, I try to trade him or release him. Harrison Smith is another guy. He, he would save you $10 million, and also you could potentially get a solid trade offer for him. I think he's a top, I think he's still a top 10 safety in the NFL. And I know that these two guys are really good, solid players on the defense, but my, my like big issue with Minnesota right now is that they, they are pretending that they can compete and they can't. And the reason that they can't is because of Kirk Cousins. And it's not because he's a bad quarterback. Kirk Cousins is good. And I talked, I talked a little bit about this with Dak Prescott yesterday. Um, it's, it's because you pay these guys too much money. And when you do this, when you pay your quarterback a shit ton of money, it's hard. You can't get everything, right? Like you can't, you can't. You don't have the funds to buy everything, right? 
Kirk Cousins this year is a $31 million cap hit. Now, he could restructure some stuff, and that'd be good. But, I mean, still, like, when, when he first got to Minnesota, he signed a three-year, $84 million deal. That's about $30 million annually, give or take, right? When your quarterback is making that much, and to just to put things in perspective now, right, Dak is making $40 million a year. When your quarterback is making that much money, he has to go out there and win you some games. He's going to have to you're, – you're, you're not going to be able to have a great spectacular defense in the league. You're not going to be able to have, like, the best offensive line in the league. You're, it's just not possible, right? That's why I was saying with, like, the Chargers yesterday – or on uh, well, actually yesterday because Monday's episode couldn't record it. So yesterday with the Chargers, right, I was saying with Justin Herbert, you don't have to pay him anything for the next three seasons. So go and buy the great offensive line. Go and buy the great defensive pieces. Because you can win now with Herbert because he's that good and you don't have to pay him anything. Down the road, right? Say, you know, when he gets not like, not, he's maybe, like, I don't think he'll get like a Mahomes type contract, but like when he gets paid, you know, 30, 35, 40 million a year, you're not going to have the best offensive line anymore. You're not going to have the best defense anymore. You're not going to have all of these fantastic players because you got, you got to pay the franchise quarterback. And so, when you don't have those pieces, I'm going to need my quarterback, like Kirk Cousins, or I'm going to need Dak Prescott to go out there and win the close shootout and win the game where our defense isn't playing well and go out there and like have that clutch two-minute drive. And so con- consistently, Kirk Cousins has not been able to do that. And that's my issue with Dak Prescott, is that I think Dak Prescott is good. I think Kirk Cousins is good. They are not great. They are not Patrick Mahomes. They are not Russell Wilson. They are not Aaron Rodgers. They are not Deshaun Watson. They are not these great, dynamic franchise quarterbacks that can carry a team that doesn't have every single piece, right? That's my issue with the Dak Prescott contract with the Cowboys. When Dak got into the league with Dallas, his offensive line was outstanding. Best O-line in the league. Zeke was in his prime. Great defensive players. Like, the Dallas team was great. Now, cut to last season before Dak got injured, it's empty stats. Dak's balling out, but our team is shit. And so it's like, that's what it's going to – that's the future of the Cowboys. That's what it's going to be, right? And so there's two camps, right? It's like, oh, well, Dak's not playing well. Or it's, well, Dak's balling out and our defense sucks. And so it's like a lose-lose situation. And so that's why I was not a fan of giving Dak all that money. Same with the Minnesota giving Kirk Cousins all this money. I mean, they just re-signed Cousins to a two-year, $66 million deal. He's not a free agent until 2023. And so that, for me, was another mistake. And when, like, when you give good quarterbacks great money, right, like the, the dynamic quarterback money, then your team is doomed. And so for me, if I'm Minnesota in this situation, I am trying to rebuild. I'm trying to retool the defense and get some foundational, some keep some fan foundational players and then rebuild it. So then come 2022, because I think that they, I think if I'm Minnesota, right, I'm releasing Kirk Cousins next year. I just signed him to a two-year $66 million deal. A lot of it was guaranteed. He's only a $10 million hit against the cap next season. So I would prepare for a rebuild next year. Now, the problem is the quarterback class next season, not very good. So you might hang on to Kirk for these next two years. But this is, this is what I would do. I don't think the Vikings can be competitive for Super Bowl in the next two seasons. And so I would be selling my assets while they still have value, right? Like Harris and... Anthony Barr. I would rebuild. I would build around guys like Eric Kendricks and other pieces on that offense, right? But I would be trying to get rid of the guys that still have value while I can. And so that's my little rant there. Um, that that's basically if you didn't catch me talking about Dak Prescott yesterday, you can't give a good quarterback great money and expect them to like perform. Now I I hope Dak can overcome things but i just don't see it and so that's why i think that the cowboys are going to be irrelevant for the next decade at least for the next four or five seasons but shifting back to minnesota here so that's my plan right 
get rid of these veteran defensive players while they still have value, get some capital, and then come 2022, either like release Cousins if there's like, you know, get rid of Cousins or maybe keep them until 2023 and then draft a quarterback that year and like completely like rebuild this thing over. It stinks, right? Because every team wants to be competitive every year, but I think it's more important to have a plan long term. And, you know, if your outlook doesn't look good in the next two seasons and you can make it look, make it trend upward by doing a rebuild now, then that's what I would do if I was Minnesota. Now, just with all that being said, there are still a few players uh, that are due to be free agents in Minnesota that I'd resign. First, safety Anthony Harris. I think he's really good. Another guy that you sign him to like maybe a one-year deal, he gets some value right, has a good season, then you can trade him on. And then linebacker Eric Wilson, same deal with him. Uh, you know, sign them to that like one one year like prove it deal where they go out and try to ball out, um, you know, raise their stock and then boom, flip them for profit. That's the plan for Minnesota. Will they do it? I have no idea, but I feel like I detailed that pretty damn well. I like Chris Cousins too. It's the same thing. I like Dak Prescott, but I, I you just can't realistically give these guys money. Money like Aaron Rodgers, like an Aaron Rodgers, like a Patrick Mahomes, like a Deshaun Watson, because they just can't carry the team like that. They need more help, unfortunately. All right, let's move to Detroit. The Lions, they are up next. 5-11 and 11 last season, and uh, they're, they're wiping the slate clean, basically. New head coach for them, new GM. They traded away Stafford, and now they have Jared Goff. They're just gonna try to turn this whole this whole damn thing around, right? Uh, it just didn't work with the Matt Stafford era. It is now over, and so they're just gonna, you know, try to find a plot of land, make sure there's nothing, you know, underground that could get in the way of them building a house. And they're just gonna try to, you know, start brick by brick, laying that foundation, and hopefully we can build that Detroit Lions condo that has Super Bowl. Like, you know, that like uh, that turns into a dynasty that, you know, has us competing for Super Bowls in the years to come and all that stuff. That'd be fantastic, right? Well, I'm a little bit confused uh, right off the bat because they're letting Kenny Galladay walk, which doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, wide receiver, by the way, in case you don't know, know who Kenny Galladay is, who I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I'm not shy about it. I like Kenny Galladay a lot. I think he is fantastic, a top 10 wide receiver in the league. Last year was a fluke for him. I really believe it was. Similar to Green Bay, like this is like a very similar situation to Green Bay, right? Where you get like a guy in the later rounds, you know, Aaron Jones and Lindsey, they were fifth round picks, but Kenny Galladay, third round draft pick, wide receiver. Like Saul, you're not paying him a lot, right? I think I think his rookie contract was worth about four million dollars for like four seasons. You're paying him practically nothing. He balled out his second and third year in the league, and then last year was the one that I would just throw out the injury riddled season. He only played five games. I don't think it's a pattern. He was just trying to instead of he was just trying to play hurt, right? Trying to go out there and prove himself because it was the last year before his contract. He wants to get that money. And, you know, like he, I think he deserves it. And so for Detroit not to re-sign him, it just kind of blows me away. Here is a crazy stat I saw. In case you don't know how good Kenny Galladay is. So, in Calvin Johnson's first 47 career games with the Lions, this is like, you know, Megatron, right? Back in the day, Calvin Johnson, one of the best wide receivers to ever play the game. So in his first 47 career games with the Lions... He had 3,166 reception yards, receiving yards, reception yards, receiving yards, and 22 touchdowns. Kenny Galladay's first 47 career games with the Lions, 3,068 receiving yards, 21 touchdowns. Now, I am not saying that he is going to be Megatron, all right? But he's very good at wide receiver. He is. This is crazy to me that they are not re-signing him. I don't understand it at all. And so Kenny Galladay, wherever he goes, is going to be a steal. And we will talk more about him next Wednesday. My big question now remains so like, okay, you're not getting you're not re-signing Kenny Galladay. That's fine. I, I'm over it. But who is Jared Goff gonna throw to? Because Marvin Jones, another solid wide receiver, he's a free agent. Danny Amendola, free agent as well. Now they just brought in Tyrell Williams from the Raiders, because they just released him. I mean, he's okay, 
you know, he's a good deep ball catcher. And then you have the tight end TJ Hawkinson, who I like a lot. But again, yeah, I, I'm just kind of stunned that they're just they're letting a player as good as Galladay walk. It's a guy that you could lay multiple bricks with on your foundation, and they just don't want to do it. So if they're not going to re-sign Kenny Galladay, then it's like the question then remains: Okay, well, who who are you going to keep then? So I'm I'm expecting clear out. You know, at stores closing, everything must go. So I think that there could be a ridiculous amount of moves they could make. They've already released their cornerback Desmond Trufant, which saved them six million. And I, I just expect this team to look very different. Uh, it's a it's obviously a sell year for Detroit. They shouldn't be trying to bring in any free agents. Just try to move on people that still have value uh, that you don't want to have as a foundational pace moving forward. Um, another guy that I think that they either should that they should have franchise tagged that they didn't is um, their defensive end Romeo Aquara. Uh, now he is a very underrated guy who I didn't know a lot about, but I kept hearing his name um, on like social media and whatnot, and so I looked into him a little bit. Aquara for the Lions, which was one of if not the worst defense last year, had ten sacks. It's really good. On like a terrible defense, getting 10 sacks, that was insane. The last three seasons for the Lions, he has 19 sacks. And they're letting him walk, which I, I don't understand. Now, they could sign him to a deal before the 17th, like I talked about in the opening of this episode. But the fact that they're not even considering franchise tagging this guy is absurd. So we will see how the Lions draft goes. We're, we're about 50 days away from the NFL draft, end of April, right? But I, I got some issues with like the like the new regime here, right? With Brad Holmes, the new GM, and then uh, Dan Campbell, the new head coach who's ripping off kneecaps. He's got that big Lebowski, the dude vibe to him. I, I'm a little like some of these moves. I'm like right off the bat, like I'm very confused about, right? And um, for the record, I could be wrong about Kenny Galladay. I just don't think I am. Guy's insane. Now I just now knock on wood that he has an injury free season this coming year, wherever he signs. But I, I think he could very easily be one of the best wide receivers in the league next year. Like, that's how much respect I have for the town of Kenny Galladay. I've liked him since day one in Detroit. So, again, I am shocked that they're not re-signing him. Um, this Aquara guy as well, another guy, he's only 26. He could be a foundational piece that they're letting walk to. And so I do have some question marks about the new GM and head coach, but it's early. I don't have any verdicts out yet, and so we will see how they handle their draft um, in April. And then last, but certainly certainly not least, oh, man. I thought about starting with the Bears here, but I think it's best if I, if I end with them because I, I won't get too carried away this way. All right, so the Chicago Bears, let's talk about this team, all right? So they finished 8-8 eight eight last season. They made a playoff game. And they were actually in a position to beat the Saints. But the trick play, the Trubisky trick play, throwing it to Wims, unfortunately was dropped, and that pretty much sealed the game. Couldn't come back from that. And so, yeah, we lost. It was a disappointing season. They started off hot, and then they just lost a shit ton of games in a row. And so here we are. We are in the fallout from the Trubisky nonsense, right, where – Two seasons ago, we didn't move off of him. And we tried to fix the issue by not addressing the issue head on, which if you, which doesn't make any sense, right? I mean, if you have a leak in your boat and you have to set sail across the ocean, you should probably take time to fix said leak instead of just hoping that the boat doesn't fall apart when you, when you sail across the ocean. We didn't do that. That's not what, that's not what they did here. They didn't want to admit that they made a mistake, and so... Yeah, this, the fallout of Trubisky is here. We are $22 million over the cap, and we don't have a quarterback. I have no idea what's going to happen here in Chicago. Okay, Because realistically, not getting Russell Wilson, Seahawks would have to be batshit insane to let that happen. We're not getting Deshaun Watson, because why in the hell would you come to the Bears? when there's just there's not a lot of stability here, right? Talked about, like, Matt Nagy could be gone at the end of this season, along with the GM, Ryan Pace, right? There's just not a lot of stability here. 
Also, we don't we don't actually have the resources to pull off a Deshaun Watson deal. Okay, like it just uh just stupid decision after stupid decision after stupid decision in Chicago. I mean, like, oh my god, I don't we just kept adding fuel to the fire and not in a good way, right? Robert Quinn signed him to a five year seventy million dollar deal. And in year two, like we are only in year two of this deal, and Quinn just had the worst season of his entire career last, like last season, in fifteen games for the Bears, who, by the way, have a really solid defense. Quinn only had twenty tackles and two sacks. That's it. So yeah, we can't cut him either because he's a twenty-four million dollar cap dead cap hit. This season. So yeah, that's a tick mark. Stupid decision number one. Number two, Jimmy Graham. Oh my God. The fact that he still gets money is just absurd to me. I, I don't, I, he has the best agent in the world. So yeah, the Bears, for whatever reason, like, yeah, we'll sign him to a two year, $16 million deal. We'll pay him $8 million annually to basically just wear a jersey. Just to go out there and wear a jersey. He doesn't block. He has the occasional nice catch in the end zone, right? He had that against the Saints. Like, you know, at the end of the game, he makes a nice one-handed catch. That's what Jimmy Graham does, okay? Like, that's it. Cole Komet, the rookie tight end we drafted, he's already better than Graham. So, yeah. Thank God that we paid him $8 million last year. And this year, he's a $10 million. Well, the math doesn't really like he made like six million last year, and then this year he's due to make ten million dollars. He's a ten million dollar cap it this year. He better be gone. Okay, like I, I, it's just it's just absurd to me. And if Jimmy Graham gets another contract after this Bears, after the Bears cut him, I don't know what to say because he is a he's so bad. Like he's a pile. He's awful. So that's another tick mark, right? Robert Quinn bad, Jimmy Graham bad, and now of course. Nick Foles. He's like, screw it. Why not sign Nick Foles to a three-year, $24 million deal and pay him for subpar performances at the quarterback position? Why the hell not? That'd be fantastic. Let's not address the Trubisky problem head-on. Let's go and try to get some duct tape to cover that hole in Nick Foles. And that was awful. We were better off just starting Mitch the entire season. Would have had a better record, in my opinion. So, yeah. Well, okay, well, that didn't work, so let's just cut him, right? Well, unfortunately, Nick Foles is a $10 million dead cap hit, so he's staying too. It's a goddamn dumpster fire in Chicago, man. It's awful. Silver lining here, we did franchise tag Allen Robinson, which makes a ton of sense for Robinson because you have no idea what this team's going to look like in the foreseeable future, so why the hell would I sign a long-term deal? I'll play on the franchise tag for $18 million. Makes a shit ton of sense. I, I and by and the Bears had to do this also because it's the only way that you could get you you could entice Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson to come to play for them. But yeah, still twenty two million over the cap. Gonna have to make some more moves here. So yes, again, number one, Jimmy Graham should be gone. Get him the hell out of here. You could also think about releasing right tackle Bobby Massey. That would net you about $7 million. You could restructure some contracts. Khalil Mack, he's a $27 million cap hit. Kyle Fuller, he's a $20 million cap hit. Um, they've already released the cornerback Buster Screen, which saved them $6 million. Uh, as far as free agency goes for the Bears, there's a couple guys, right, that they could maybe consider. There's only really one I want them to re-sign, and that's Cordero Patterson. He had a fantastic 2020 he was so valuable on special teams. He played running back when Tariq Cohen went down. He also was out of wide receiver. He's just so good. Now, Patterson probably would want to deal around four or five million, which is which might just be kind of a luxury um, for the Bears, right? Where it's like it's not like a, um, a like super important expense, right? I mean, like a special teams guy isn't like the like the top of the list of priorities. But Patterson, I think, is worth the five million. I mean, he just does so much for that phase of the game. He's fantastic at what he does. And so, you know, it's like the Devin Hester of old. Like, we always just seem to have fantastic return guys. And Patterson 
It's just he's always been good at, at kickoff returns since he's come into the league. He had he had one. I think he had two last season actually. Or you know he might he I think he had one in 2018 and then he had one last year was what it was. But yeah, he is just great. He's a dynamic. He's just such a um, such a like imp, like um, solid asset because he's just he like he's such a utility player. And so I'm hoping that they can find a way to re-sign him and get rid of some of these other guys that I don't like, like Jimmy Graham and these other pieces, right? Maybe move some offensive linemen on as well. I don't know, man. It's just a sad situation because this defense is top five, borderline top three, and we're wasting the opportunity to win with them. I mean, you have Stutz, Khalil Mack, uh, some, uh, maybe Robert Quinn will bounce back, Akeem Hicks. Uh, you have Roquan Smith, uh, Kyle Fuller, like uh, just so much talent on that side of the ball. And all they need is just a quarterback that can just go out there and consistently move the ball down the field, put points on the board, and the defense will take care of the rest. And we just don't have that with Trubisky and Foles. Now, that's another question mark, right? Are they going to like re-sign Mitch for another year? Because, like. Is he really that bad? I mean, he's he stinks, but he's not. I mean, he ended up getting his job back from Foles. So what does that tell you? I mean, Foles is on the roster for sure. Makes no sense to cut him. And so, yeah, I'm trying to stay optimistic here. I'm trying to stay positive. It's rough, though. It is some tough sledding in Chicago right now. I'm holding out hope for Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson. I, I, I mean, it's a pipe dream at this point. But, you know, Sam Darnold is also potentially available. So that could be a nice piece as well. Maybe we give him like Darnold, like we, maybe we go like we trade for Sam Darnold and like maybe like a draft pick and then we give them Foles. That'd be fantastic. But we'd still be paying $10 million, um, for Foles regardless of what happens to him, which is just, oh my God, so frustrating. But yeah, I mean, the Bears, <laughs> their defense is going to be great again. I am very intrigued to see what we're going to do with the quarterback position. My gut tells me it's going to be Foles or Trubisky again, but I mean, I'm just like again, like there's that sliver of hope. There's that like that light in the distance that's like Deshaun, like that. I'm I'm waiting for that that update on my phone. Deshaun Watson joins Chicago Bears. Russell Wilson joins the Chicago Bears. Sam Darnold traded to the Bears. I'm hope like I'm there's that I can see it. I can I'm heading towards the light in the tunnel, but it I'm, we're just not there yet. In reality, it's probably going to be another run back with Falls and Trubisky. And then finally, we will be over the, the mid-Trubisky like, era. Finally. Maybe then in 2022. But, I mean, I don't know. So, yeah, that is going to do it, though, for the Bears and the NFC North and this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate the support. If you enjoyed this one, feel free to share with friends, family, co-workers, anyone else that you think might like it. That's going to do it for me today. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. Go watch some sports. Let's go, Padres. Come on, Bears. Figure out this quarterback situation, and I will see you guys in the next one.